2: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. We called for a better game, we called for a better podcast, and we got it. Argyle won 2-0 against Lincoln, uh, kept another clean sheet in the FA Cup, which I think that means we've kept as many in the league as we have in the FA Cup. Um, a couple of real stand-up performances. Uh, tonight we have Fraser. Hello. Finn. Hi there. And Sam. Hello. And I'm your host Nick, and I'll tell you what. Let's go straight to Sam because you got your pick of the two to choose from from your standouts. One you run us through.
3: Yeah, I think absolutely the pick of the two is Canavan and Edwards. I think they were both fantastic. Uh, Canavan was our was our was our rock defensively, and Edwards was by far the main creative influence going forward. Um, Canavan, we clearly are better with him in the team. We, we've said that many times now. Uh, I know I uh, said give a poke you another go on form, but. I don't think even then I denied and I certainly don't deny now that Canavan is our best defender and he makes us a lot better. He communicates, he leads by example, he's so composed and he makes the defenders either side of him play better. Moving on to Edwards going forward, really creative, really forceful, energetic, driving forward with the ball. But not only that, more than that, very good in terms of um, creatively linking up, a couple of good link-ups with Grant, a few good link-ups with the strikers. Uh, some real finesse, and I think where I've always been a bit more sceptical of him, isn't his energy and his endeavour, which have both always been very good, but have been the technical side of his game that I didn't think was maybe there so much. But there was certainly no dispute in his technical ability uh, in, in the game yesterday, as indeed there haven't been in very many of the games since he's come back into the team. He's looked a really good, um, really lively option down that right-hand side with the end product to match. So those two really, really were the, the best two players of the game coming back into the team. Um, not coming back into the team they have already uh, Edwards was already in the team but can obviously coming back into the team uh, yeah they, those were the two that won us the game more than anyone else
2: yeah um, I mean like Edwards you don't usually would think of him as creative presence but I mean just, just quickly to run you through in the first half genuinely I think Argyle only got into Lincoln's final third twice first time Edwards wins the ball back on the far side gets tripped over from that free kick Cooper puts it into the box Palmer punches away for a corner for that corner Jeff got scores. So that's first first time Argo get it in comes directly from Edwards' intervention. Second time is nice one two, it might be a three-four actually between Conor Grant and Edwards. Works its way down the uh wing. Edwards gets into the box, cuts it back, but no one's there to apply the finish. Then in the second half. Edwards wins the ball back, charges forward, puts Nubley uh, kind of clean through but on the angle, and it's saved by Palmer. Um, I know at the end, Edwards was the one who crossed for Nubley to head over. Edwards was the one who cut it back for Hardy. Um, there's a couple other moments in there. Genuinely, Joe Edwards is involved in just about everything, bar the second goal.
4: Wouldn't you yeah. agree, Finn? Yeah 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 i I'd, I'd say that too. Um I I think he's been excellent really ever since he's come in for Byron Moore this season. Um he's been one of the stand players every game and, and to be honest throughout most of his um Argyle career I haven't seen a a um a, a performance where he's been particularly um bad. It's just been that sometimes he's been slightly um underwhelming but often he um, Plays a seven out, like seven out of ten, every game, and and sometimes games like that. And um, you know, his tenacity and energy is just, you know, so valuable to that side.
2: No one, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, just the, the effort was. I mean, it always impresses me how I definitely am one of those people who believe that you know players have got fitter because I swear Argos, I've never seen them run like this. Or oh, I don't f- feel like I have. I mean, I know we ran... Hard. It's not like we didn't work hard under Derek Adams, but I swear, particularly like Edwards and Byron Moore, and maybe I'm singling those two out unfairly, but I mean, because maybe there's others who should qualify. But I swear, as wingbacks, they cover so much ground up and down yeah. the wing. Yeah. It's still impressive. Yeah, I mean, I- they...
4: Because they, they're they you know, basically attackers, aren't they, really? Um, or they are in that system. So often when they have to come back and defend, they're out of position, which means they have to run back a long way all the time to get back. And they quite often do, to be honest.
2: And I mean, then on Canavan, because um, it, it should be clear, it's not like Lincoln didn't have chances. They had both chances and chances to counter. The number of times Lincoln came forward on the counter... And Canavan was the one who, you know, disrupted it, who got in and blocked it. It was genuinely it was so impressive. It's it's also the way that he's blatantly nowhere near as fast as a is. Or or Watts is, or Ameson, and probably not even Wutton as well. Um so it's bold for him to step forward. And you know, when someone's running at him to to actually move towards him, surely it makes it easier for him to go past, but just the way he sort of reads it, he so often gets a foot and makes the interception. And so rather than the entire defence going backwards, he he's you know, he's the point of defence and interaction 30, 40 yards up the pitch. Very impressive.
5: I know Fraser, you're a big fan of him, right? Huge fan. um no, no, seriousness, you know, obviously I did doubt him a lot last season, but as I said last time I was on the pod, I felt that we needed someone that was a little bit more um Reliable, not as uh, potential. A lot of our goals have been like sort of individual errors, haven't they? It hasn't necessarily been bad bits of play. It's just been an individual being a little like switching off for a few seconds. And I don't think Canavan to his credit doesn't do that. And I think I thought going into this game, Lincoln are a very good team. I didn't think we'd keep a clean sheet even with them in there. To be honest, I don't know many Argyle fans that thought we'd keep a clean sheet this weekend, Uh, but we did. And um, you know, it, it looks like it was a good performance. So um hopefully hopefully he's done enough to convince Ryan Lowe he deserves to start. Um I think he we look better with him. Um but it's gonna be a lot you know, there's probably gonna be a few more twists and turns before now and the end of the season where we see that different free rotated a bit. Of course we've got Gary Sawyer to come back probably in the new year, and I imagine there'll be a few uh, suspensions or injuries along the way as well.
2: Yeah, Jamaica. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what do you make of Sawyer's commentary? Big fan um, of Plymouth.
5: Yeah, I see. I, I, I am. Um, I'm. Ve- I really like Gary Sawyer. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, and I think once someone plays that many games for you, they they should get a hero's recognition because that's that, that's a huge amount of his career dedicated to the to the team. Um, his commentary is very. I, I think I commented on this this during the games. People. His commentary is very what I'd call manageresque. Like he knows he has to praise his teammates at every time. He knows how to say a lot without saying anything. Um, but and yeah, he, he doesn't like the word argyle apparently. But um, you know, I got a lot of time for Gary. But I I personally think he may have retired last season had it not ended the way it did. You know, it would have been it would have been a bit a bit sad if someone that played that many games for the club had to retire in those circumstances. I think, but. Um, You know, I imagine he's a very good influence in the changing room. Um, And I imagine he's someone that, you know, in certain games of the season when he's fit, he will come on and, and, you know, have that experience for some of the inexperienced lads. I think that's what Canavan's done, to be honest. You know, I think, um, you know, Watts has clearly got talent, Apoku's clearly got talent, but they are very young and, and, and inexperienced. And sometimes just having a more experienced player to your left or right, just calms you down a bit. Just makes you play a little bit more sensibly uh at times. Yeah, com- complete, completely
3: agree with that. I think um going going back going back to, to Canavan a bit, Sawyer, you know, does kind of relate to this a bit as well, but particularly going back to Canavan, it's the reason why we concede less goals of him in the team isn't just that he's a such a better defender than any of the others, although I think probably on balance he is, actually, because I think he's so good in the air and so good playing out from the back. I do also think he is probably just about a best defender on on overall ability. But what really does put him put him above, specifically more than any other category, is his leadership. He is the biggest talker of, of all the defenders, you know, with the possible exception of Soy, but he's been injured all season. He's the biggest talker of the other five defenders, isn't he, by a mile? Uh, no disputing that. He's, he's probably the most composed in terms of going for the ball. You never see him look nervous. You never see him look flappy. You always see him look, you're cool as the cucumber. Never any aspect of nerve. Sometimes I think Nick's pointed out he even looks a bit too relaxed at times. But I've Absolutely. never really, once, I've never really once seen him make a mistake from looking too relaxed. I, I think of so. Yeah, yeah. I problem. mean, I, I again, I like
4: the, I like the fact that he. Um, I know this sounds like very simple, but it just like coming across and just uh, like clearing the ball into the stands, you know, just taking a bit of, uh, you know, taking a bit of responsibility and not messing around with it and just doing the simple stuff. And, you know, if you do the simple stuff well, then you can do the uh, more flashy stuff better.
2: Yeah. And like, I, I just like the way... It's, for me, it's also the way he reads the game. It's the way that he seems to make those interceptions at the near post better than anyone else. He's got that positioning at the near post. He knows when it's his responsibility and when not I mean not always I mean obviously he's not superhuman, but I mean more often than I think any other player to have started at the centre of defence, you know including Ameson last year as well, he just knows when to position himself, where to position himself better than anyone else. You know, I like it. He, he's more calm, but at the same time, sometimes, honestly, when he waits for the very last minute to pass a ball, having had like a minute to pass it, even if it, he almost always gets it through as well as the thing. But just, why are you giving me a heart attack, man?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's because he's waiting for the attacker to come to draw the attacker out of position, and it works every time. Is I'm he. Not- is- the attacker's oh, yeah. out of position for long enough for him to make that
2: sorry oh, yeah. pass yeah, but
4: that's just his confidence isn't it and if that confidence will breed confidence I guess
3: arrogance <laughs> um,
4: he, so, will, he
3: will inevitably make give away a goal from it one day and Nick will be sitting oh, there all smug it will inevitably that. be Rochdale it will
2: <laughs> so be Rochdale
3: <laughs> oh
2: it better not be after all that um, the, on, on more positives right Jeff Jeffcott eight goals the season now right Eight goals and then, 11 uh, yeah, 11 games. on target. We got eight goals from 11 shots on target from 18 total shots. So that's nearly a 50% conversion rate. That is insanely high. That's better than last season, which was, I think, 33% I worked out. Wow. That is
5: mean, great. Yeah. He's, he's been ever. on great form, hasn't he? He just, he just looks... It's a weird one, because if you, if you went back to the start of last season and someone told you, you know, fast forward and Luke Jeffcott is going to be... One of the best free players in the team, one of the most influential players in the team. You'd have laughed. You'd have laughed a lot, you know. Um, but he's just—he's—he he's, seems to. Whatever happened, whatever's happened with a him and Ryan Lowe, and and when he went to Torquay, um, Truro. Uh um, what a manager remember? Well, maybe it was that. Maybe it was Watsi. You know, everyone everyone doubts his coaching ability, but but whatever's happened has happened and it's obviously had a really good effect. My only worry now with Luke Jeffcott is I'm not sure he'll be a Plan goal player come February the first. Um but that's a nice problem So I'd rather have that problem than him uh not scoring at all. And then just being another free agent release, which I mean Christie so
2: nearly could have been at the end of I mean, um Yeah, gone.
4: I would have thought that it had not had it not been a new manager. You know, had, Derek, had we stayed up and maybe Derek Adams had kept, I don't think he would have stayed. I think he well, was. Adams
2: liked Jeff Gold, didn't he? He gave him some game time. I think Jeff Gold would him a have bit stayed of game that time. time there. Just, yeah. Not, yeah. I mean,
4: I just think, yeah, I mean, I just don't think he impressed very much, but that's because he was playing that wide. <laughs> but at the same
2: time that was the he was never going to play if you'd put him up front in that system which you probably shouldn't be getting into this but if you put him up front as a lone strike he would not have worked simple as a true mm-hmm. here's a front two with three five two he is a front two with three five two all he's asked to do more than anything else get in the box finish off the chance when it comes Ex- your way
5: except Wait, for, strangely on X, where, uh, <laughs> for some reason he's now the guy that does the dummy at free kicks. it's like like well, literally he did like, do that just- against lincoln he, there, there was one there was one of his linking on the highlights where he just sort of looked like, in the it's like
3: Luke, yeah like
5: Like just getting the six yard box mate i mean in the six yard box he just he, he's incredible it's obviously he's never going to hit the free kick um but you know you can't really blame him for that it's clearly you know someone go and, and and do the dummy so to speak but um pretty yeah, certain it, that's not jeff Rott. i'm
2: pretty sure it's certain as
5: hardy and reeves over the free kick he, he loves a good free kick, mate. Apart from not actually doing <laughs> it, what it was <laughs> a but, you know,
3: um Actually, maybe it he's was still hard. doing really well. Hardy took it, Reeves was
2: stood alongside him. Yeah, I think and you're then, right then before, before the Cooper goal, before, before sorry. For the Cooper ball that he put in is also Reef stood over it, but he's like stood off it. Basically, I'm certain it's not Jeff got absolutely positive.
5: Okay. I, mean, I was talking yeah. he right about ways, that, but he's definitely, he has done it before. I know you're right about I You know, that's a small thing. And he's, he's been such, yeah. such a good player. That it's, you know, to bring him down on that would be, be quite harsh. He's been such a good player for us. Mm. Um, You know, uh, it's dropping yeah. Drop for his free kicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's great to see. It's it's good when it's a youth product, isn't it? It does make it a little bit more exciting, a little bit more sort of like, um, you know, it shows for me it shows that we're sort, we sort, you know, we've come past that admin era. And I know that might sound a little bit funny, but obviously during the administration and all that went on and all those problems and blah blah blah. Obviously things like the youth academy go first. You know that you know it's all about just the core functionality of a football club. And in those years, we've seen the development of the Exeter Academy who have produced some really, really talented top-flight players. And obviously, it'll take a few years for that to sort of filter through so that those youngsters that we've now picked up since, you know, obviously grow up and get older. But I think that's starting to show that we're now past that era. We're starting to produce players that are coming into the first team and not just coming into the first team, they're staying in the first team. They're performing well. And, you know, I think... You know, as Jeff Scott and Cooper have shown, they're not. They don't look out of place in the team. They don't look like no. we're just playing youngsters for playing youngsters' sake. They're they're getting in the team on merit, uh, yeah. which is brilliant to see.
2: Uh, no, Finn, you're also a bit worried about Jeff got going, aren't you?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, I think I don't know. You said that um, you know all he's asked to do is get in the box and finish, but he's literally been the only striker for us <laughs> this season that's been able to do that and I think <laughs> <No>. that, <laughs> it's worrying that if he goes in January and genuinely like I know I know you can say oh he, he hasn't scored for Wales and like but he's been called up twice on the first time he gets phased, under 21 in, yeah under 21 sorry and the first time he gets phased in right and he plays uh, 10 minutes against Bosnia and nearly scores uh, he, sh- he played against um, and had a you know a very good game um, and, and should have got an assist got an assist against um against Germany and in a one-striker formation as well. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, and then you've got people on Twitter going, and I know it sounds stupid, but you've got people on Twitter praising him, but, you know, all these words gets around and then he's, you know, scoring goals all the time. And you just think, you know, if he carries on, barring an injury or, or, um, or a, a massive dip in form, we're not going to have him for very much longer. But I would like at least six figures if that's the case.
2: I mean, knowing a side like Brentford, at least six figures, of, or at least seven uh, figures, seven <laughs> figures—that's
4: a million or more. At seven. Yeah, sorry, yeah. seven. Yeah. I mean, I'll if we sell him for hundred figures. thousand pounds, <laughs> um, yeah, you know,
5: all of Simon Hallett's great work for the most yeah. Argyle price of all time would yeah. Uh, yeah. would be pretty disappointing. Jeff Cott, I imagine I'm not saying like
2: yeah, Brentford gonna sign him, but I mean Jeff Cott is a very Brentford signing in that they'll be keeping an eye on players who are young and who are scoring, and let's face it, he fits that bill right now. I am mean, not saying Brentford the sort, of, you know, they're gonna go sign him, but I mean if he continues scoring as he is, then his age and his goals in the division blow is gonna to lead to someone one sign him. It's as simple as that. British, it's very simple maths.
4: British strikers are always wanted, aren't they?
2: Yeah, but he's Welsh or English, so yeah. We lose yeah. a bit money there. I think we all have to accept that not sure why we just do
4: i can accept that
2: (laughs) um so sorry i just lost track of my notes um but yeah then the downside is again more chances for strikers more chances not scored nuble two good chances hardy gets good chance later on yes if one of our if one of our other strikers hits form then we're going to win three, four, five, six on the bounce because we're just going to outscore teams regardless of how many we ship, unless it's a piece of uh, a Fleetwood fiasco. But. It's I just we're talking one of Telford Hardy Nuble, even Abraham who seems like he's barely you know can't even get on the substance right now Where I'm, is not he? Sure, I'm not sure why I mean no one else can score But anyhow, assuming just one of them because I, I mean this is very football you know like I think Joel Grant last year went on run of scoring what six and seven or eight games and then scored barely anything either side of that, so it's well within these players to score even if they're maybe not up to it, even if maybe we're accepting maybe they're not as good as we hope they'd be. But they're still, you know, capable of that run of form. And if they hit it, then we're going on a run, Sam.
3: Yeah, com- completely. Like you say, I mean, they don't need to necessarily be, be fantastic players. But if they just do get that confidence boosting run of form, that then really, you know, and yeah, assuming Jeff Cottage maintains his form, then quite rightly, as you say, we could be really winning a lot of games. And now would be a very good time to do it because here we go. Touch with famous last words. But on paper, our next five games are looking pretty favourable. We're home to Rochdale, who are 19th. They ship a lot of goals. We we certainly at home score a lot of goals. Home to Ipswich, who are sick, but on a really bad run. They've lost seven out of the last ten after a fantastic start. And
2: their injury, they're absolutely swamped with injuries. I think all their best. They picked up another three at the weekend.
3: So they're going into the Good game in really bad shape. And then we're away to... Bristol Rovers, who are 21st, albeit they have picked up on the TIDS. They're 1 6 in the Cup today, but still 21st in the league. <laughs>
2: Sorry, can we caveat that with who was the opposition?
3: Yeah, D- Darlington, but still Darlington. a 6 0 win, isn't it? Even in the Cup. But but anyway, but yeah, so, so that you know, adds to my point that they've still got a lot to prove. They're still 21st. Um, and then obviously away to Crew, mid table, 14th. It's well within us to win that. I know our away is not very good, but it, you know, it's well with us to win that. We've played mostly very strong teams. And then the final game to round off that is home to uh, Milton Keynes, who are, I believe, 18th, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're struggling as well. So that's five games, really. We want to look at nine, 10, 11 even points out of those five games. And it's one of the. We want to set a minimum form, of seven, surely. I think seven would be disappointing, and that's under a point. Yeah, that's why I said minimum. Like that, that, I, I that's like no, the lowest. I wouldn't accept that. I wouldn't accept seven. I would maybe accept eight, but I certainly wouldn't accept seven because um, seven <laughs> would
2: be
5: two wins <laughs> and a draw and two losses.
3: Yeah, which would be bad.
5: I think which would be bad. Absolutely, um, would not accept seven, but I would you know I'd tolerate eight. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> under no circumstances would I take <coughs> seven points. If you came that yeah.
2: with eight, that would be sound, lad. Well, I didn't say like, sound. I think eight no would be
5: margin more for minimum.
3: error at all. <laughs> well, well, well let, 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 let's give a bit of credit. I said eight would be the absolute bare minimum. I think re- really, I'm <laughs> looking at nine, ten, eleven.
4: Yeah, I, 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 I said eleven. Yeah, I mean, I know that's ambitious, but really, uh, famous last words again, we don't tend to lose at home. And also... Uh, um, we need to get off the board away if we've got anything other if you know, anything other than mid table, which would be good this season, but anything other than mid table, we need to start getting off the board away. And I think we could do that against Bristol Webers or Crew.
2: Yeah, we do we just need to get a win away, you know. just just to get us going. You know, I mean the Charlton one was a bit of a you know, a bit I know it's in the FA Cup but that's a boost to actually win away.
3: Well, well I think what we've got to look at is the opposition because yes, we have been quite well beaten in forward against Hull at Lincoln. Fleetwood and Peterborough, but that's 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 7th away in the games we've played against um, I think Wimbledon who are 12th and Wigan who are 24th uh, Wimbledon 12th, we were the better team for I would say 70 out of the 90 minutes. Admittedly, the 20 we were absolutely obliterated, but probably for the 70 out of the 90 we were the better team. And then, obviously, Wigan, we we, we were absolutely the better team, had far more chances, and purely the finishing let us down. So, those are two games in which we drew and played for large parts, pretty well. So we are capable of doing it away against the weaker teams. And Charlton, you know, they're sixth in the league. It was a bit of a rotated team. But so the fact that we beat them quite comfortably, as well as obviously the other two games I mentioned, that shows we can definitely do it against the weaker teams away. So you'd hope Bristol Rovers and crew would give us that chance to get off the mark away from home, wouldn't you?
2: I mean, Rovers only have one win in six at home. It's also worth noting, let's face it, if Canavan plays against Wigan, we almost certainly win that.
3: Yeah, yeah, most likely, yeah, because it was a Poku error and it led to the goal, wasn't it? So yeah. yeah. So we we've kind of an in for those. I, I really think we've we've got a good hope because yes, you know, Rovers are picking up a bit under Tisdale. They did win six 0 on the cup, but it is a Yeah, but didn't they lose
2: both their league games since he took over?
3: Did, did they? i I did I I thought one of them was uh, I thought I one of them they, not in the dugout, but maybe not. They lost to Swindon, I know that. Um Yeah. The game before that, I thought he was not on the dugout, but but okay, yeah. So uh, that, They drew with
2: Wigan, lost to Swindon.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. So, but anyway, the, the point about, you know, they're picking up on the Tisdale, um, that was more of a caveat. My main point was, even if they are picking up, you know, they're still 21st, they're still in a bit of a bit of a sorry state. We can still absolutely be going there, looking at to win, and crew crew also, we can be looking at going there to win, so... A lot of positives to take um, going forward into those games. And of, of the home games, you know, two of them are against teams at the bottom end and one of them is against a team on atrocious form and indeed, um, like Nick said, riddled with injury. So I really think it wouldn't be beyond us Like if if Hardy or Telford even, or even Newblade did go on a fantastic way of scoring form like that Joel Grant run last season. It genuinely wouldn't be beyond us to be coming out of that with all 15 it really wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. So, that's, I, yeah, that's a big shout. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, obviously, but yeah. if that if that favourable run did coincide with, with a striker going on really fantastic form, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, and my yeah, yeah. the question is who's the candidate for it to be? Because Hardy and Telford, they should have probably scored genuinely. Nick, you, you you seem to remember the precise. At the top of the my head, I think it's
2: around thirteen between them.
3: I, I was going to say about thirteen between them. As it stands, they've only scored three between them, so they're probably about nine or ten under par. <laughs> it 20. is
2: absolutely ridiculous, but I I know that's all competitions, and a lot of those were Cheltenham in the, um, uh, in the EFL Trophy, and then Leyton Orient as well. But but, but nevertheless, exactly in all comps. Between them, they should be, I think it's around 13. It's absolutely ludicrous how many chances they missed. I mean, the Portsmouth chance for crying out loud.
3: Yeah, they're, they're probably... Um, the the Portsmouth so I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway and that it wasn't apt. If we're Pompey fans, we're not looking at that as a bad finish. We're looking at that as an absolutely ridiculously good defensive block, aren't we? But even so... Yeah, but aren't. at the
2: same time, we're Plymouth fans, according no, to well, Gary he's... Sawyer. <laughs> yeah, and Good save, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, yeah. Well, i fans. Uh, and, uh, and he uh, should have scored and he didn't. Until he should have
3: scored, scored and he didn't, yes. But I just kind of feel... Telford, I think, is really running out of chances now, sadly. I, I, I like him. I like his endeavour. I like his energy. I like his work rate. But although he's not bad, he, he does do other good stuff apart from fail to score. But Hardy, I think, offers more apart from any score. He's more direct. He's, he's scored. I think he's had more assists. Um, and I think he's um, probably a little bit better in the aerial challenges as well than Telford is.
2: I mean, I'll tell you what, Nubles should be ahead in assists. But for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I mean, it, it, it can be a miss. Place to pass where we like it's still an assist, you can't take it away yeah. from him just because he meant to cross it back
5: but, in and completely Nick, shinned it um, to Reeves.
3: Nick, we're talking
5: about to, isn't that his second one as well? That apparently he's not being attributed. What's the other one? He was complaining on Twitter, he, he, I, I don't know what it was, but he was Brandon. complaining on
3: it was the um, Grant shot that deflected off him for the Shrewsbury goal. Was, was the other one? Too. Oh, well, yeah.
2: to be fair, that kind of could be his goal.
5: And he had the he had the one didn't he, where he sort of cross come shot where Pompey put it into the back of the net as well. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, he's had a few. But, um, but I tell you what, Nick, just just quickly, I'm sorry, Finn, I know you were trying to come in there, but just quickly, we were talking about how Hardy and Telford should have scored more. Nubley should have scored more. Nubley had the yeah. chance against Pompey. He had the chance yesterday, and he had a really good chance on the counter against Blackpool on the opening day. That's- yeah, he's Did had he plenty
2: had- of chances in other games, yeah. I think I think he's had, had a chance
3: chances. Oh, as well. And, and that bloody one at Wimbledon that would have won it for us 5 4 in the last minute. What about that one? So he's he's had chances, Nouble. But like he's I think- another one who's not scored as much as he should.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, know, he's taken more shots than any other striker this season.
3: Really? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that either.
2: No, it doesn't feel like it. I, I was, that's why I was, when I was chasing up, the Jeff got total shots. That caught me by surprise. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that Hardy. Like, he came on for five minutes. He had a chance. He probably should have scored yesterday as well. It's just not like I, I. I don't like to to criticize players like too much, but ultimately, like I'm looking at Hardy right now, and I'm thinking I'm not even you know considering buying him at the end of the season. Like, like you know what I mean? If you got if you got ambitions of being anything other than you know. If, you know, if we want to consolidate this season and then push on next season, we need another striker that can score. Particularly if Jeffcott doesn't, um, you know, uh, you know, stay here beyond January, which looks, or beyond the end of the season at least, which looks pretty likely at this rate.
2: I mean, yeah, we're talking about whether or not Jeffcott leaves. Let's face it, if you're Hardy, Newbley, Telford and Abraham too to an extent you're currently crapping yourself a bit because you can almost guarantee we're going to bring someone in probably on loan but possibly a free agent I think there are still a few out there as another striker because of course we're going to and if, if you've got two striker slots and three out of four are missing basically every chance that come your way I mean, honestly, <laughs> when we add up, when we had up the chances between, New- I mean, we just been adding between Telford and Hardy. We had Newblay, and we're talking at like fifteen lost goals, kind of thing. Fifteen,
3: sixteen under par, aren't you for sure? Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. It's- <laughs> genuinely, I mean, when you actually factor in that you're not going to score all of them, you're still looking at around ten lost goals if you have two Jeffcots. Granted, it doesn't quite play out that way, but genuinely, we'd probably be 10 goals better yeah. off if we had a second Jeff goal Yeah, I mean,
4: Jeff Cot is is scoring. If we'd like- kept
2: Tyler Harvey, then we, if we'd had Alex Fletcher starting, 10 extra goals.
4: <laughs> oh, that's a very
3: controversial <laughs> opinion. We're going to have to put that it's on
4: obviously the headline. Not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um you know you know, we're taking into the fact that Jeff Cott is probably scoring over unless that's what he does all the time, he is probably scoring a bit more than he should at the moment. Mm, it's true.
2: It's true. But i t I'll tell you what, we talked on the last podcast, I think it was the last one, it might be the one before. I think it was what it was the Fleetwood one about how small moments change games. And say, if, for example, Telford nicks the opener away to Fleetwood, we might see a different game. And I tell you what, for the first half, it felt like it because for the first half, Lincoln pulled our pants down for the most of it. We could barely get the ball. We could barely get into there. Like I mentioned, we only got into their third twice with a counter that was cut out and with a couple of set pieces which led to the goal. And the difference here was one we had good. Last, ditch defending um, quite a lot. Um, defended well against Lincoln's counter. Two, we got that early goal, and that you know very much changed it. because we were you know defending something, and we had less pressure on us, I suppose. Um, but we've also got to factor in that Lincoln also had some. I don't think they really created anything, you know, that fantastic. Out. And a lot of their shots are from range. But there's also the fact that Cooper spills Michael Cooper. This is spills two balls to Lincoln players feet. And they're the two best chances they had. First one is a cross. He cuts out, but pushes straight onto the striker's ankles from about four or five yards. I think this one's on the YouTube pilots as well. If you haven't seen it, I think it is. And it rolls along the goal. But doesn't go in, and Cooper picks it up. And the second one is a shot which Sam disagrees, but Fraser agrees with me that he should do better where he pushes it, and it goes straight to Scully, who's ain't got five or six goals for Lincoln this season already. Just can't get it out of his feet. And then when trying to poke it square for a tap, and he then just nudges it into Cooper's hands. Both. I think, mean, you I mean, would be two one
5: if if that was the other way around. We just talk, you know, just talking about our goals, got goal scorers or yeah. lack of. If that was the other way around. You would expect from in the back of the net. I think the shot has come from a hell of a distance. And it's not like it's it's not got that much venom behind it. It's not that pacey. It's it, he may have caught sight of it late. But where you know, and to be fair, the striker's reacted the striker has reacted fantastically well. That's what you want you want your strikers to do. That's what Luke Jeffcott's really good at, albeit he, he usually puts it in the net afterwards. I think that should be a goal every day of the week really and the, the, the he's got to either keep hold of it or make sure it goes off for a corner um you know he, he but it will learn you know that's the that, you know it's the sort of thing that I imagine McCormick is saying to him after the game I'm sure Luke's looking at you know working very closely with him and, and the goalkeeping coaches and saying that's the sort of thing that you need to be be working on so we got away with that one hopefully he looks at it hopefully he learns from it and um and puts it into his game, but I agree with Nick. I think that could have easily have been a goal, and and you know that may have changed the game, but it didn't go in at the end of the day.
3: No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, I I think I I agree the first one. Having seen them both back again, I agree the first one. Cooper could have done better on. I think the second one is it, it's, it's a really really good stinging shot, and I think he just does well to get a hand to it. I think very often you see those just nestle into the net, and I think he gets across well. And gets a hand to it. Well, I think yes, you know, if it maybe if it's peaked, David de Gea in there, maybe he finds a way to tip it round the post. But I think that's very much a, a push, a could have rather than it should have. I think, I think the fact that we're criticising him for pushing it back out to the striker undermines how well he did to get a hand to it in the first place. But he pushes it right back into the a
2: six-yard area. That's exactly where you're taught not to push it. It's exactly I, where I, the I, goes. I, I, I I, know, I, Cooper I, has I, done um, well this season, and Cooper. Doesn't deserve to be dropped on the base of that, and he's you know he's, he's held more shots than he's parried sort of thing. But fundamentally, when he's watching that back, for me, there's nowhere near enough venom in that for him not to do a better job of pushing it around the corner. I'm not saying he should uh, hold it, yeah, but for uh, me, I don't think it's strong enough. I think you're overselling how much power yeah. is in that shot for him to. He seems enough time to, for me to decide. You know, to get to push it to a
5: better spot. Oh. Yeah, I think I think he's done really well as well, keeper I think I think that as a. It, the sort of mistakes he's making and little bits were picking up on him there, the sort of things that you probably would expect a goalkeeper of his age and his experience to make.
2: You know, I expect any
5: keeper to make that mistake. I reckon yeah. McCormick's made a few of those, let's so yeah. be fair. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think, I think I mean, he'll learn from it, and it is, but it is, I agree with you, Nick. I don't think there's enough behind that shot to to be causing him that. And, and if a striker was, he's done really well to get in the position. And in many ways, it's probably blind luck that he's got caught beneath his feet. You know, sometimes that just happens. You know, we've seen... How many times we have seen it in the Premier League? Even the likes of Raheem Sterling have missed absolute sitters from three yards out. You know, uh, that could have... You know, we'd have expected... If that was the other end and that was any other Argyle player, um, you know, we'd be pissed if that hadn't... Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on it, but too late now, I guess. Uh, if that hadn't ended up in the back of the net.
4: Finn? Yeah, I, I think, well, just looking back, actually, and I don't want, you know... Talk about McCormick maybe making those mistakes in the past. I remember these two um, goals. I think the game that we beat Crewe to get promoted, they scored first and it was a similar shot to that that went in. And also, um, Stephen Schumacher actually scored for Stephen into a free kick, um, both in the season that we got promoted and it was that kind of shot. Um, And they were also let in. So keepers can let, you know, even really experienced keepers can let those in. Um, And I don't think it's, yeah, maybe it's one that he, he should have, could have held maybe, but You know, at the end of the day, he's a young keeper and on the whole, he's done absolutely excellently.
2: I I don't even like the point about he's a young keeper anymore for me. He's more than demonstrated that he is League One quality as far as I'm concerned. And let's face it, if you're going to rank all the keepers in the league right now, I'll tell you, I don't think think he'd be in the bottom five. I don't think he'd be in the bottom ten. I think he'd be around mid-table at least. And it's hard. It's hard to say that definitively because obviously we haven't watched enough of those keepers. But I know a fair chunk. I know a fair bit about a fair chunk of them. And you know, he, he's a good keeper. I, and let's face it, if you, also, you, you put any of these keepers in the league behind this defence. Put Rory Matthews, who can barely get into the team for Sunderland, as far as I'm aware, behind this defence, it concede.
5: I tell you what's really to interesting. Tonight. I'm now watching a clip of um, I think it was Charlton when Luke McCormick made perhaps. The greatest double save we've seen. But the first save is exactly it's very yeah. similar position shot, very similar position save, and the strike is actually connected with it well. The second save is fantastic as we as we know. But to be fair, Luke's done he the same done thing. Here. Than
3: the first save
2: maybe. Yeah, Joe yeah. yeah. you know who
5: shot that is Joe shot that is the first one. didn't that.
2: Yeah, it's either Ben Reeves or Billy Reeves. Clark. I can't remember which. I'm sure it's Ben Reeves. <laughs> Who I, think it. I, I think it's he's Billy Clark. Is it not Ricky Holmes? No,
4: no, no. It's a left no, footer. No, Holmes
2: yeah. was the follow-up, wasn't
3: it? Holmes was the follow-up.
2: No, 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 no. no, no. It's Josh Magenis as
5: the follow-up.
3: Oh, yeah, bugger. Yeah, it well, was. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's it's right. a
5: very similar situation where the shot's... You know, it's a left foot shot. <laughs> he's... um. Luke's done the same thing, but you know, obviously the follow-up's fantastic. Um, I remember watching that live, thinking, "How the bloody hell has he get that out?" But it's, it's very Clark, it's, it's Billy, Billy Clark, Clark. Ah. number ten. I don't think
2: Ruve's played that game. Thing is injured. Damn it! Why do I know this? You know what? What? Why on earth do I actually
5: know that? Oh, I know. Why, it, I know. I know why it, you know that, Nick. I think. I think the reason you know that, Nick, is because that's the only shot Billy Clark has ever had at home park. <laughs> 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 Go on, Sam, you're gonna say best performance save.
3: McCormick save Was the one in um fifteen sixteen, away to Bristol Rovers. We'd just gone one nil down. We then later went on to equalise in the last minute, but it was about minute kind of eighty five eighty-six. Uh, and it was it was a cross whipped in from the right hand side, header right down, kind of Pele Gordon Banks and He gets down across his goal absolutely perfectly to sort of claw it almost out from behind him. He's had a lot of great reflex saves, but I'll that one what, was, was the best for me.
5: There's a double one here against uh I, I'm glad that this has turned into Luke Gloom appreciation play. <laughs> there's one here against in the FA Cup against what looks like Bradford. Uh double save. Yeah, that was um, a good one. but the then he also had a effect massive effect error. And that was his <laughs> last game yeah.
4: for Argo in that spell.
2: It was <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure like there's the one where he just literally lets it roll through his
4: I think, yeah, I mean, on the subject of Luke McCormick, Luke, uh, Michael Keeper actually went down with what looked like a slight injury um, yesterday. Um, I mean, he obviously carried on and did, you know, largely well for the rest of it. But, um, you know, he's not the worst keeper to ring off the bench in that situation, is he?
3: No, I don't mm. think so. He played, it's worth pointing out, he played, I think it was about 12 or 13 games for Swindon. They did eventually drop him for for Bender, but Bender proved to be probably the best keeper in the league. So that's not anything, you know. Or maybe joint So that's not anything, but yeah, between those two, but that's not anything to, to criticize McCormick for being dropped for somebody as good as Bender was, So I think mostly the Swindon fans did quite rate McCormick when he played across the two seasons he was there. So I think yes, is he as good as Cooper right now? I'd say not. Um, but could he come in and do a job? Yeah, I think so. He can. He can communicate with the defense well. He's got good leadership qualities. Um, I'm sure his command of area would 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 remain to be good. So. I think that's all, all, all positive stuff you can say about him. So, um, yeah, well, you know, hopefully he won't have to be called upon. If he does, then, then then so be it. But I think, yes, even if you are saying Cooper could have done better for those two um, palm outs yesterday, the rest of the game, he was fantastic again, wasn't he? Command are very strong, yeah. made some good saves on the counter, good saves from long range because, yes, I think, you know, we did restrict Lincoln mostly to long range chances. I've said our back three were very good. But when you get peppered with that many long range chances... You kind of almost think, well, you know, you can't really blame him for letting in one of them because there have been so many. But he didn't let in a single one. He saved them all well. He got down well, got his body behind the ball. Most of the time, he got two hands on the ball. And his distribution was very good as well. Um, as soon as he got the ball, he was looking for an outlet, looking to get rid of it, looking to get us up the pitch, which is something I really like about him. And something else I love about him is his great time He's great. Yeah, I was about to games- say that smart gamesman, smart gamesmanship at the end. Yeah, the little he he does the classic McCormick thing of um, when, when we're seeing out a lead and you have a long ball down the pitch to the keeper, rather than <laughs> keep up, he, he every keeper does it this. Then. He will, yeah, but no, he, he does it. I've seen him do it more than most. He will chest it down and then he'll kind of dribble it along a little bit before um. Before picking it wait up, wait for the player
2: to get there. Yeah. Picks it up, waits for the player to run away, drops ah, it. But yes,
3: that um, I agree, Nick. But the only thing hang that's
2: on on, b- did... we 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 got, we're running out of time here, and we we still actually haven't mentioned one player and one <laughs> yeah. goal. Uh,
5: I'm just thinking about this. Yeah, we, we've oh, gone yeah, on about oh, this yeah, game yeah, sorry, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and arguably a <laughs> goal, of the season contender. Yeah, um. another
2: go- Finally, we were discussing on on Thursday whenever it was recorded. Why aren't Argos scoring enough from outside the box? And that question was answered.
5: Yes,
3: I I think you said, you know, I think we said that Conor Grant, in between himself, has got the only two contenders to go in the season. But now Ben Reams comes in with uh, possibly one of the uh, best ever accidental assists from Nublé. I love
2: it. We talked more about the assist than we did for the goal. Yeah. And
3: And the goal goal, was an absolutely exquisite, spectacular goal.
5: I'm pretty sure also that Ben Reeves has turned. See, we, we've we talked about the assist, but I'm pretty sure Ben Reeves said after, after the game that he closed his eyes and hit it. Um, <laughs> so, as much as it was a great goal, um, you know, the, the one thing I would not say as a as a, stri- as a, or as a striker, as a midfielder, that's just scored an absolute beautiful volley like that, you know, I, I'd be owning that. Yeah, I meant that. Do it on what? the training ground every don't week. Don't worry, Ryan, you can like... drop me. It was
2: a complete and total fluke, mate. Yeah. No
5: skill behind that. Um yeah, it's a great finish, okay. you know, and they all count, don't they? So whether you close your eyes or not. Like...
4: I, I was going to say, like we actually talked about quickly, just um, on the last podcast about Argyle shooting outside from the box. Now, outside of the box. Now, Ben Reeves is someone who likes to shoot outside of the box usually, and he had a couple of after the couple after that. Now, that might be on confidence, but just looking at some of his career goals, a lot of them come out from from outside the box.
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. So we're going to wrap this one up, but we have got two more questions. First off, who you want in the third round? Draws tomorrow when we're recording, Ooh. so probably yesterday by the time we finished editing and published it. I
4: mean, um, I think... Go ahead, go ahead.
3: I still want a big team at home. Sod it. I know that it's not going to be the same, but realistically, the chances of getting a big team at home now does not in any way minimise the chances of getting a big team next season when we hope fans will be back to normal. I'm still always going to want a big team at home because it will be great for the 2,000 or 4,000 allowed in. It will be great for the club because we'll probably be on Sky... And and it and it will be great for probably financially for the iPhone sales as well because probably iPhone or, or if it's not on Sky, sorry, it will be, be on for TV. IPhone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but one or the other, it will either like be on TV or if it's not, it will be absolutely great for the iPhone sales and more. will buy that, than anything else. So, and it will be good for the players and it'll be good for the manager and the players who you know have their good work rewarded. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp will have another chance to moan about how about how many games will <laughs> we'll give him another giant so, pasty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. So, I wonder if he's finished the first one. I still want to finish
5: at home. It's my long and short of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I mean, I remember saying at the start of the season, I was because gu- I'm, I'm a big Jose Mourinho fan, and I was sort of a bit gutted at the prospect that that we would have potentially faced Jose Mourinho and and not. Not being able to watch the game. Obviously, the team conspired. They didn't want to play against Jose Mourinho. Oh, um,
3: might be <laughs> they all got COVID.
5: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that happened. Obviously, this time fans will be allowed in. So, yeah, I, I think it has to, you know, a home tie would be great because obviously we're never going to get to go go away. So it would be great to get a home tie. Part of me would just sort of like Marine just to have a really easy game. And I don't we'll mean how- that yeah I don't okay. mean that disrespect to them but you know I'd, I'd quite like a team that we can just like because I'm pretty sure you get prize money every round That's so a you know,
3: point. I didn't think of that so, point, that let's fair. just
5: take a really uh, I think a few more conference teams than usual have got through at the moment so maybe take a conference team or uh, Exeter uh, just we'll so we've repeat got an easy game in the next
2: round 2007 run where we basically beat a bunch of nothing sides as a championship side
5: yeah, you know, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because there's no oh, replays yeah. either this season. So, you know... Okay,
2: yeah, we beat... Okay, fine. We beat Derby and then at Watford, but before I mean, yeah. then it was
5: Rob Barnett and...
3: Uh... We beat River and Barnett, yeah.
5: You know, or just get an a social Solskjaer team and just hope that he's on the bad week, not the good week, you know. Yeah,
3: that would be fun. Love us to beat Man United.
4: Finn? Yeah, I mean, I'm at the thing where, obviously, i, I said I jokingly said um, earlier about, you know, getting... Uh, getting Marine or Chorley or someone like that. But I actually think for the benefit of our season, um, having a big side, getting on TV and probably going out is actually better, like in the long run, because we don't want this to go on. I know this sounds... But, you know, it would be better if there was... It'd be awful if we all
5: thought we win the FA Cup, wouldn't it, Finlay?
4: Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What I mean is, you yeah, yeah. on, um on... You know, on normal years, there would be lots of fans in and stuff, um, and and things, and we could watch it like all together and stuff. But the, but actually, for the benefit, you know, we've got in the next, uh, couple of months, you've got sort of Accrington and, and, um, Sunderland having to be, um, you know, um, rearranged so actually if we get a bit of a fix to pile up i don't think that will you know ultimately we just want to do well in the league so uh, a big side in the cup and you know on tv but probably lose is actually been more beneficial for our season
5: and um, if it could be on the you know bbc then we'll save a couple of quid at the same time yeah okay and then last off
2: we have got predictions for rochdale
3: sam I think this is going to be the game where it all comes together. So many games that we kind of could have scored about, could have scored a hatful, but just missed a few chances. Rochdale ship a lot. I'm going to go 5-1 to
2: Argyle. <laughs> couldn't, <laughs> couldn't bring himself to give us a clean check. This is the game where all of it clicks. Everything, every the best possible points we could have given. 5-1. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: I, I, I like uh, what, what happened, happened. well I don't know what someone to do, decided yeah. to kick it into our own net sportsmanship <laughs> exactly you say that if you like
5: yeah i mean when i was uh talking about um when i was forming the canavan's fan club a fortnight ago um i used watchdale as, as a barometer of bad defending um and, and said that you know they were the team we hadn't scored uh you hadn't scored um Hadn't conceded, sorry, as many as we had. I think they now conceded less. So, given that both teams like to ship a load of goals, I'm going to go with uh, what I think will be the first boring nil-nil of the season.
4: Finn, uh, two-nil. Um, I think if uh, this is going to come back to bite me, but we played, you know, well with Canavan in defence, and if he plays on um, on Tuesday, I see no reason why we can't keep a uh, clean sheet, and our uh, um, attack is probably superior to their defence.
2: I'm gonna go two one. Uh I don't know, I, I, I think we're still I mean, not that
5: confident in the defence, are we? If we're all honest here, we're not <laughs> we're not completely one one clean sheet was great, but I still think we're just looking back at that those uh five Fleetwood going. What, what I'm yeah. really thinking is we were what what we should
2: have done was save that clean sheet when it was important because we scored two goals you know, on Saturday, we could have shipped one. You know, throwing away that clean sheet, banking. You know, because we're only we're only going to get see. We're only going to get a finite amount of clean sheets this season. I think we've got to accept that. If we only get like seven, we need to spread them around well. You
5: know, see that's we why Sam's make... thinking five one, mate. Exactly, yeah, that exactly. I'm thinking. You're Sam's one ahead of you, mate. Just yeah, exactly.
3: It. You've said it for me. You've said it for me. Thank you. That's, <laughs> that Definitely wasn't just not really thinking about it, you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're
2: right. Uh, Rochdale got a couple of good attacking players. I reckon Alex Newby on the counter is going to be yeah, a tricky one to deal with. He's fast. He's good on the counter and let's face it, if we're going to push forward, there's going to be opportunities. Rochdale, I don't know. I, I still think we'll beat him. I just think maybe we'll, it's, it's one of those ones where it's easy to say, yeah, we're going to win. Um, and yeah, that doesn't always happen. Like, I mean, pre-Wigan, I think everyone thought we were going to win and we didn't. True,
3: home, I suppose as well might be another example, but uh
2: Yeah. Anyhow, right, that's it That's uh, green and white, that's all For you uh, this week, hopefully we'll be back next week With yet another win, but God, who knows, 5-1 would be lovely 0-0, yeah, that's good Uh, (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening And uh, this has been green and white, goodbye Goodbye